Welcome in, Iowa Hawkeye fans, to another episode <laughs> of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. I'm Luke Myers. Joey and Austin Myers are here as well. No Sam Middleton this week, but we got everybody's favorite anonymous guest on the show, live and in person, Space Cowboy. How you doing, Space Cowboy? What it do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Picking up right where Sam left off. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. It, it was a bye week, as we all know. Uh, so we got Middle Tennessee State coming up. We'll have a preview of that. Uh, we're going to talk a little Michigan, how bad they were, some Wisconsin, some Nebraska, the Cyhawk game possibly being over. But we're going to get right into the Middle Tennessee State preview here. And is there really anything to be worried about, guys? Or is this kind of a trap game? It's certainly not a trap game. If Is it the same thing? Yeah, true. But uh, <laughs> no, they're a by far inferior program than Iowa. We should be able to beat them with our second stringers. Uh, if anything, I'd be concerned if our offense didn't put up 30-plus points because but Middle Tennessee has no chance of beating us. I'm not concerned in the slightest. It's it's a last tune-up game. It sucks that that Rutgers game was week three or week two, because then we week four, you're like, oh, we're finally into actual conference football, and then we got this. So it sucks. Not concerned about the game. Already looking forward to actual Big Ten play to start. Yeah, the thing I'm most concerned about this weekend is what I'm going to bring to tailgating for eat for food. So I couldn't tell you one thing about Middle Tennessee State. Couldn't even tell you what town they were in until I looked them up today. So Well, they're in Tennessee, yeah. so safe bet there. Well, that's a state. I have a friend who's whose parents met at Middle Tennessee State. Aww, Poor that's, people. That's where people go to fall in love, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I just know about this team yeah, that... Rescue from the hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> I just know about Middle Tennessee State that their rushing defense is like one of the bo- like bottom teams in Division One or FBS. So, in theory, Iowa should have 300 rushing yards because they had 150-plus in every game so far, I believe. So I think it's going to play right into Iowa's hands. Nate Stanley might not throw the ball more than 10, 15 times. he go all Kirk Cousins out there. Uh, we're going to see a lot of running, and that's Iowa football. Our offensive line should dominate. Uh, here's a question. Is this team better or worse than Rutgers, you think? Better. Uh, worse. Worse. The, the, their, their offense can be high-powered. They'll take some shots. It'll be a good tune game for the defensive backs but i mean realistically we should just control the clock and but yeah they're better than rectors holy shit it i agree with you there it might be one of those games where iowa doesn't necessarily push the ball down the field but they just run the regular offense and eat clock and like we're only up 14 or 17 to three at half or something like that and fans are like oh why are we not killing these people well it's because we don't need anything extravagant or need to show anything at all to possibly walk out of kinnick with a win um, I'd like to just uh, correct you on something that you said earlier. You could you compared what uh, Stanley is you think he's going to do in this game to what Kirk Cousins has been doing, and I'd say that's just an unnecessary shot at Stanley because Kirk Cousins has been god awful. And if we're saying that Stanley is looking like Cousins, that's a problem. Yeah, thank you, Stain, for pointing that out. I uh, yeah, I was thinking it. Kirk Cousins is, I mean, he did better this week, but. <laughs> he's almost as bad as this. He's almost as bad as Trubisky. We Would can't I put that him? on Stanley. Yes. Would I bang Kirk Cousins? Probably. But do I want him to be my quarterback? Never. 
I I don't know. I think it's a comparing to like I'm not comparing them like every game against each other. I'm comparing what he will do against Middle Tennessee State. Whereas like the first Vikings game of the year, Cousins threw the ball ten times and we beat him. Beat uh, who do we even play week one? I don't even remember. We beat him by fourteen or something like that. It was just a very easy blow through game, not needing to throw the ball as much. And I think that's what this Iowa game this weekend will be like. You're giving us onions and telling us they're apples. Yeah. I I refuse to believe that we only passed the ball ten times this week. So you think no, I, could see up, I could see us putting up a big number this uh this week for the first time. Yeah, this is a big showcase week, I think. All right. Everybody else is doing Multiple it. Sacks. Multiple sacks. Who, Epi? Yeah. Two yep. or three. He needs to get going here to for us to hit our over on fourteen and a half. What's he have? Two so far? He really needs to get going. Yeah, we're going to need him to pick that up. I think he has one. I've had people chirping me about – I made a bet on some player from Arizona State to finish in the top ten in the Heisman this year, and everybody's like, oh, you're going to lose that bet. I told them, look at who's been first half Heisman winner so far in the past five years. Barkley had the Heisman locked up after he beat Iowa. Leonard Fournette had it for two years there at LSU. Epi's still got time. He goes out there final eight games of the year and just puts up 14 sacks then it can happen he could he could hey, st- um since we're still talking about middle, middle tennessee state i'm assuming they're not gonna come up the rest of the podcast <laughs> but um does anybody know what their school name is middle tennessee state what the blue raiders damn it i didn't think anybody would know that uh, <laughs> I, you know what was that joe do you know what their mascot is? A blue raider. Well, their mascot's name is Lightning, I think. If I read that right. But that, like that doesn't make a whole type, lot of sense, does it? I feel like it's some type of jungle cat. Like a tiger or something. Well, no, it's, sure like, it's, uh, it's like Iowa State being called the Cyclones, but their mascot being a bird. So, yeah, well, I, Also, State, the fact there are no Cyclones in this hemisphere right yeah iowa state's just very confused about what their mascot is supposed to be okay okay so it they're the blue raiders their mascot is named lightning and it looks like a horse (laughs) blue horse (laughs) oh i know what you're talking about that that was a very necessary piece of reporting by joey myers uh, mm-hmm. so, so you guys want to throw some score projections or just over under for this weekend? We could do. Um, score prediction, Iowa, forty three, Middle Tennessee, ten. I will do forty five, seventeen. Thirty one to fourteen. 38-3, to three, Iowa wins. And while we're on the topic of lines here, uh, Space Cowboy picked Iowa State to lose in a shotgun, or Iowa State to beat Iowa in a shotgun bet of the week. So, if you'd like to get that out of the way here throughout the podcast. Um, bitch, Price is Right rules. I was actually the closest. This. <laughs> All right, Bob But Barker. you picked the wrong team. Yeah, you picked the wrong team. Yeah, we didn't really clarify yeah. No, it was the spread. No. What do you mean? What do I mean? What? Whatever. What do you mean? All right. So since we're on the topic of Iowa State here, uh, we're going to move on to the Cyclone 
or the Cyhawk Trophy, possibly coming to an end. And this is set stemming from the scumbag Iowa State fans throwing, throwing shit at uh, our band. Uh, do you guys take offense to this? And should Gary Barta be fired for not pushing more here into the investigation? This was a very Barta has been, he hasn't been fired yet. This isn't going to do it. Yeah, that this this was handled entirely in terrible Gary Barta fashion. Like some allegations come out, he puts out a very vaguely worded uh, like press release saying that something may or may not have happened. Then he comes out like three days after that and says that they they stopped the investigation. Then there's public outcry because like people ended up in the hospital with broken ribs. And then he's like, oh, well, actually, now that people are upset about it, we're going to reopen the case. And uh, Gary Barta just does not handle situations like this well. And it's just another example of why he's not a very good AD. But I have an honest, honest question. Why Gary Barta is an athletic director. Why does he have anything to do with the band? It's true. That's fair. Well, that's why the president yeah. got brought into it as well. What's his name? Bruce Harold. Um, yeah, Bruce Harold. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald J. Trump. An- no. Another thing though, after uh the like Iowa band came out with the allegations or whatever, they opened it up and then people didn't the people from Iowa State like adamantly deny it, and like even Iowa's security officers that were there said nothing happened. So I, I mean, there's I a lot. Read the article, the article on ESPN, and no offense to any band members, but you read the quotes and it just screams band nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm, this whole situation has just been weird because from the get go, and even still to this point. There hasn't been like very clearly like reported things of what actually happened. At first, you know, they were just saying, "Well, there was some something happened," and then we kind of heard, "Well, some beer cans were thrown, like people were pushing and shoving." We know that a girl ended up in a hot in the hospital, some broken ribs, but we haven't really gotten any like details specific to it. So it's just been weird because I feel like everybody's just kind of been in the dark. about pulling at straws as to what actually happened. And then you have your Iowa State fan base say, well, you know, I've been to games in Iowa City where people have shouted at me or dumped beer on me. So it's kind of been a point the finger at somebody else type of situation. I just don't think that anybody really has all the facts of the situation right now. I I get that shit like that happens in rivalry games on the road, whatever. But I feel like the band is like one of the untouchable things, you know? Because... They can't really do anything to defend themselves. They can't stand up and make a scene. Otherwise, they're coming off as the assholes. You get where yeah. I'm coming from there? Mm-hmm. Um, if, like, some of the worst of what happened actually happened, it's completely inexcusable for any type of fan base anywhere. I don't care if it's from Iowa State to Iowa, Iowa to anybody. If people are, like, shoving people to the ground, making them fall and break ribs, or you're throwing, like, full beer cans at people. Um, you can't be doing that, but then if if it's just more on, like, the lower end where people, you know, were kind of heckling them and things like that, that's what, you go, that's what you're going to expect. Um, but if some of, like, the more serious accusations that have been levied are actually true, I don't care who you are, Iowa State, Iowa, you and I, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, it doesn't matter. You can't – you're – you're a human being before you're a sports fan. You can't just go around treating other people like trash just because of what they're wearing. 
wow, Austin. That's really nice. <laughs> Dude, if you're going to quit your job, you should be like a school guidance counselor. <laughs> <laughs> but this brings up another question here. So there's rumors that the Cyhawk game could possibly be canceled for a few years and reevaluated and brought back of, down the road sometime. Are you, I'd miss this. Thanks, I'd miss, uh, yeah, I'd miss that game a lot. Would you guys? No. Not at no. all. Um, I, I, it would give us an opportunity to schedule – a better team to that would give us an opportunity to set up something with a like maybe an SEC school or something like that. And if this is Notre how the Cyhawk game, I is want Notre end, Dame every year. yeah, sure, I would take Notre Dame. But if this is how the Cyhawk game is going to end with Ooh. that play, if that's the last thing we ever see from the Cyhawk series, I think I could sleep well at night. Yeah, I just I kind of refuse to believe that they'll actually stop uh, the Cyhawk series just because of this. Uh, Partly the way I think they're like their schedules are built to have it through at least like the 2025 or like 2026 season. So I, I doubt that they would just cancel those because teams like build their schedules so far in advance. Also, I think that was just kind of like conjecture, or maybe a, a threat from Bruce Harold to just be to everybody involved to just get your shit together. Um, I don't know. I think a big knock on Iowa for a lot of years is that they have always scheduled soft in the off season or, you know, before conference. Play. But that always also takes into consideration. We've scheduled Iowa state every year for the last, how long they've just been a very garbage FBS program and Iowa state's not terrible anymore. Uh, you know, we'll see where Matt Campbell can actually take them. So it's now that it's to the point where they're, a not awful power five school to schedule every year. Uh, it would be sad to see it leave because then it, it would just make it more difficult to schedule a power five opponent in your off or pre-conference every single season. Uh, yeah, but do you guys really like Joey said they could schedule somebody else. The last time we really scheduled an opponent worthy or like a, a big name program was Arizona. And that was like in the late two thousands and we haven't really, played i mean we played pit there for a while but it wasn't like it was the pit of old you know from like the 90s and whatnot it was kind of a down program pit do you really think they would go out and schedule somebody um i think that they probably would if if they were actually going to follow through on saying you know what we're just not not going to do the cyhawk series anymore i think the fan base would demand that they fill it with a team that's actually respectable and not you know like another middle Tennessee state. Um, I would really, if they were to get rid of it, I'd like to see them schedule a home and home with like an SEC opponent or Notre Dame or somebody like that, where, you know, one year you play at them, the next year you play in Iowa city. I think Florida just scheduled a home and home. Somebody I just saw today. Watch. I don't remember who. If, if we did reschedule with somebody, we'd go out and get, Barta would go, oh, Arkansas is an SEC team. That would bolster our resume. Let's go throw them on the frickin' schedule. That would that would be – there would be no point to that. No point at all. Like, Honestly, I still think that would carry more weight with a lot of people yeah. than Iowa State. Mm-hmm. If, if nothing else, just because of the national perception of the SEC being, like, by far and away the best conference, even – you know, even though Arkansas would be like a bottom feeder there, I think people would just see, oh, but it's it's an SEC school, so it's it's different. All right, 
Uh, anybody else got any other thoughts on this topic here? Nah. Um, no, don't uh, think so. All right, then we're going to hit an ad from one of our sponsors here quick. Uh, Demer Oil, located in Dubuque County here. Got locations in Worthington, Monticello, Holy Cross. Phone number is 800-433-3835. Hey, it's officially fall now, fellas. So you got to fill your LP tanks. Make sure you keep your house nice and warm for the colder months coming up here. Also, uh, it says Lube Oils. If you want to go check that out on their homepage, their website is DemerOilInc.com. So go check them out. We're going to move on now. Uh, did you guys watch the Illinois-Nebraska uh, pillow fight this weekend? Uh, I only saw bits and pieces of it. Well, actually, really just like four minutes of it while I was at Hazards in Cedar Rapids. But I was Who really pulling for Lovey Smith squad to pull that one out. Who sold more Girl Scout cookies in that game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Illinois led that game at half, and I believe they were leading through three quarters too. And the final score was like 42 to 38 or something. But are people finally going to lay down on this narrative that Nebraska is a good football team? Because this is the same Illinois team that Iowa beat 63 to nothing on the road last year. Like, come on. That would have been great. Illinois was up 21-3 to at one point, and I think Nebraska scored 15 in the fourth quarter to come away with the win. It would have made me so happy to see them lose there because Illinois has been one of the worst, if not, okay, I'm not going to say not the total worst because Rutgers has been, but Illinois has been like the second worst team in the Big Ten for at least the last five years. So that would have been really funny to see Nebraska lose to them. Yeah, it's... Just, like, Scott Frost has got to be crapping his pants a little bit here because, I mean, they were optimistic coming into this season after winning four on out of their last five against inferior Big Ten opponents last season. But Nebraska's one of those schools. They like to fire coaches at a rapid pace. Once they get rolling, it's like, it's like a fat kid down a hill. They don't stop. So uh, he, he better start winning some signature football games here and not playing close to – teams like Illinois or Purdue or Maryland, you know? Yeah, and I would like to send a personal thank you to Scott Van Pelt for uh, going to bat for the Hawks last week against the irrational, senseless Nebraska fans on Twitter yes. a little bit. Yeah. That was wonderful. That was great. Um, thank you. I would Scott Frost could lose every game for the rest of the season, and that job is not even slightly on the hot seat. It's like the prodigal child returning there after what he quarterbacked for them back when they were actually in their prime winning national championships. And with all the hype that he's brought in the program, and I'm sure money that he's brought in from donors, there's no chance that they even think about letting him go after the season, no matter how they finish. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's around for the ball. There's I no chance. All I'm saying is that seat can get a little warm at the end of the season. I'm not saying he's getting fired after this year, but he's it's going to be – they're going to start demanding wins here shortly. And he's he's not getting great recruits. He's losing recruits. So just something to look for there. But we're going to go from one crappy performance to another crappy performance from a team who's on Iowa's schedule here in a couple weeks. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines absolutely got slaughtered by the Big Ten West – Wisconsin Badgers. So, two questions come from this. We'll start here. Is Michigan soft? They just stink, um, I think, is more of the thing. It just, 
it's kind of been a recurring theme under Jim Harbaugh. He is very, very good at recruiting. He gets really good recruits in there every season. But then they're kind of like uh, the Cubs this season. The sum is less than the parts, meaning they have a lot of very talented individual players, but they can't ever seem to put it all together as a team. And you saw that on both their offense and their defense against Wisconsin. They they have talented players out there, but for whatever reason, if it's bad <coughs> coaching, uh, they're not disciplined, the moment got to them, whatever it was, they just do not perform on the biggest of stages. And Bright lights get to them. It's, that's, I mean, I know Iowa fans see that score and think, oh, we're going to murder Michigan. I still don't believe that, though. No, that was a bad time for that to happen because yeah. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be preparing a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, their offense still sucks, though. Yeah, their offense is not good. My takeaway from that game, the, as far as Michigan goes, is they're not nearly as good as people thought. And that trip to Ann Arbor, who is a whore, um, it seems much more winnable now than it did at the start of the season. Yeah, but the trip to Madison seems much less winnable now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that game hit that game hit the over and ruined my eighteen parlay. So we should probably, you know, think about that for a second. Thoughts, (laughs) thoughts, and prayers. Sorry for your loss. Did the other seven teams hit? Yes, all seven hit except that one. That's tough. Wow, that's that's tough. That's a low blow. Michigan just had to score a touchdown on fourth and goal. And uh, mm. one final note here. I that's I like comparing Jim Harbaugh and Kirk Ferentz because they're kind of opposites. I th- Harbaugh gets the recruits. Like he's got Jordan Brand to come to Michigan. He's gotten all these. They got all the fancy assets up there and whatnot. But I don't believe he coaches to develop. Whereas Ferentz, not necessarily the best recruiter, brings in three stars, two star guys, and they develop them to become four-star caliber players by the time they leave, which I just wanted to throw in there, A, because I love Kirk Ferentz, and I think it's a valid point. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just a a product of Harbaugh being an NFL coach for a while and not having to develop the players as much because by the time they get to the NFL, they're top-notch already, but I don't know. All right, so... Some schools just recruit themselves, too. Michigan... Michigan's probably one of those. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They're one of the blue buds in college football history. But uh, that will switch to the other side here of that game. Wisconsin. Joey touched on a little. Looks a lot less winnable now in Madison. Uh, what were your impressions of them? Because I think Jonathan Taylor is still overrated. I still think that, even though he might be the leading Heisman <laughs> candidate right now. Luke, that is a horrible yeah, Do you remember? Uh, not look up these numbers last year in Iowa City. Because they weren't good. Like, he didn't even play, uh, I think, the majority of the second half. They had their other running back out there. So, like, and and they have, like, okay, they've played Michigan so far, but the other teams so early season have been cupcakes for him. Luke, Jonathan Taylor is not an overrated running back. He's just very, very good. Yeah, he's a freak. I just I can't agree with you on that. Well, I mean, I put out a lot of takes that people tend to not agree with me on. But, I mean, I Iowa's defense will be one of the best defenses they'll see this year. 
Yeah. 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 And they'll be one of the probably one of the better offensive lines we'll see all year. Yeah. I. You, you. There's a difference between saying that Iowa may be able to play Wisconsin well because of our defensive line strength, and saying that Jonathan Taylor is an overrated running back. If you just watch the tape on him, he is incredibly good, and he's the, he's like the exact type of running back that uh, Wisconsin pumps out like every three years. They just have a history of having really good running backs. He's good. He concerns me. That Wisconsin game concerns me a lot. I'm not yeah, saying. Lack, I feel like our defense line is not, not as strong as it should be. I'd like to see them go with like a five-two setup in the front, like on first down. I'm I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he's like a Rutgers running back. I'm just saying if we could hold him to a hundred yards and a touchdown, I think that's a very winnable game for us. And I'll still die yeah. on that hill. Okay, if if we hold him to a hundred yards and a touchdown, that means our defense had a really good game. That that doesn't mean anything about yeah. Taylor. I. That yeah. means our defense did what it had to to win that game. Yes, but mm-hmm. that is what our defense is. Like right, oh. so that's not. So then you're not. So then you're not saying Taylor's overrated. You're just saying our defense is good. Yeah, I guess. I right. you're, yeah. Well, yeah, you're saying if our defense happens to hold the best running back in the country to a hundred yards and a touchdown, we'd have a good chance to win the game. I'd agree with you on that. That doesn't mean that he's not a good running back because I he think is. what Luke is saying is that if Taylor runs 200 yards, he'll shave his ass and tape it to his face. <laughs> if he rushes for 200 <laughs> yards, board. if 200 yards, if he has 200 yards rushing, I will absolutely do that because I don't think there's a chance in no hell. Take that's ballsy. Um, oh, that's that, it's just going to be a tough game because. Um, there's a decent likelihood that whoever wins that game is going to be the one that comes out of the Big Ten West. Uh, and it, historically, Iowa does not play well at Camp Randall. Um, it, it concerns me. That being said, I think that Wisconsin's style of football matches up with Iowa very well in the terms of they're more of a you know time of possession, ground and pound, kind of wear you out type of thing, which is what Iowa does as well. So. They're not a stretch the field, put up 60 points a game type of team. So as far as the type of offense that they run, I think it matches up well with the type of defense that we run. It's just, it's going to be an incredibly difficult game to win. They always seem to hit like a deep touchdown though with us. Like they throw, like they hit a 50 yard touchdown every year. I feel like somebody gets loose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We can't be having that this year. I think we're. And they just wear. They wear you down. So if we're not, if the offense isn't moving the ball, that's where they run into trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. Like last time we played at Wisconsin, when we had 66 total yards of offense, and our only points came off of two Josh Jackson pick sixes. Yeah, that was rough. That was Stanley needs to play better than that day. That well, that was his first year. I'll give him a pass on that, but uh. I mean, yeah, that was just a miserable game. But I'm I'm kind of seeing the shadows of the what was it, ten to six game up in Madison in 2015 mm-hmm. coming our way. Yep. So. We can we can thank Joel Stavi for handing us that game. He fumbled it at their one yard line. What yeah. would have been the game winning touchdown? He also turned the ball over I think four total times that day. That's the reason we won that game because Stavi was just a horrible quarterback. Yeah, no, he absolutely was. There was an interception right to Desmond King, and it was like n- nobody in the general area aside from Desmond King. So, yeah, Stavi was not good, but 
I'm I'm still liking our chances in that game. Although it will poor Stabby. Yeah, poor Stabby. <laughs> uh, we're gonna throw in another ad from our sponsor, our other sponsor, Brian Myers with Safeguard. Uh, he's your marketing consultant for everything. You got an event or a business, uh, he can help you create products, anything to promote, anything from bottle openers, frisbees, koozies, business cards. I there's really no extent to what he can find for you. He has a whole bunch of companies where he can just search the product you're looking for, put your name on it. Also, if you need a little help with your website, he's your man for that as well. His phone number is 815-535-6840. Brian Myers with Safeguard. Uh, all right. So that brings up something that was just announced here today, I believe, and it's not official yet. Uh, according to David Eichholt with uh, HawkeyeInsider.com, uh, the Penn State game is going to be a, a night, night game, which – I'm pretty sure we all anticipated. That's no surprise to anybody. And Austin Myers' prediction of 210 to nothing is starting to come to life a little bit for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I've never been more confident of anything in my entire life. I mean, you have a lot working for you. Kinnick at night, a good Iowa team, top 25 Iowa team. Uh, the gold-out uniforms, it's, it's going to be an electric factory in there. Yeah, it will. Yeah, and I want I want to say... I originally thought that that game would be game day for sure if both of us were undefeated. But have you seen the schedule for that week? It's pretty absurd. The Red River rivalry is that weekend, Oklahoma-Texas. So unless Texas loses another one, like, I don't know if we'll get that. Yeah. It's it's not only that, though. There's so many good games that week. We got um, Florida, Florida LSU, Alabama A&M. Both ranked Oklahoma, Texas, like you said, USC, Notre Dame, our game. There's just a lot of good games that week, and I think that uh, having game day in Ames is only going to hurt our our case. Yeah, I agree. I won't. Put, I, I won't put it. Won't put it out of the realm of possibility yet because USC isn't a very good football team. The only intrigue there is the history between the two programs. If Texas loses another one, they're going to have a two-loss Texas team with a four and two record. For the Red River Red River rivalry, like that's not very appealing anymore either. I I don't know. I I can still see it happening. We just got to take care of business up until that point. Yeah, I was gonna say let, let's not get ahead of ourselves because before that we have to go on the road to Michigan and win a game. And I know we talked about how that game seems easier now, but it, it that's still a significant game that needs to be played before we can even think about Agua and Penn State meeting up undefeated in Kinnick Stadium that night. Yeah. Mm, I'm not scared. <laughs> I hope it's like a 2.30 ABC game. I feel like they always play well at that time. Who? Uh, we always play better at night at home against like top five ranked opponents, though. It's a fact. Yeah, I. that Michigan game will be tough. I do think we can go in there and sneak out a win from them. Uh I, it it can happen still. Don't give up hope yet. I know the Iowa State game kind of threw it off a little bit for us, but uh, still in the po- realm of possibility. While we're on the topic of college game day, can we talk about how god-awful the games must be this weekend for them to be going for to the Ohio State-Nebraska game? Yeah, it's be- it's literally because of... I don't even know why. It's it's because 
the national media still loves to love Nebraska because of Scott Frost, even though Nebraska has proven that they're not a good football team this year. Uh, and let's be honest, Ohio State is the bigger draw there. Um, but yeah, there must just be some pretty not good action going on this weekend for them to go to Lincoln for that. Are they? Are they yeah, actually this is like trying? Case Ontario. Yeah, they're gonna, national get, stage. National stage. Ohio State's going to beat Nebraska by fifty. Yeah, he's right. ESPN must want some new personalities on College Game Day because they're making them go to Ames and Lincoln in the same year. Where they're going to have people quitting. It's going <laughs> to. They're so okay. They could have had Virginia, Notre Dame, or USC, Washington. Those all those teams are ranked and they play each other. Hmm. Yeah, and this is the yeah, best interesting choice. This is the best start Virginia's been off to since like oh two or oh three. So that's and this. Yeah, that that's a huge game, and really Virginia is the only competitor for Clemson right now in the ACC. So, I I could see some intrigue there. Yeah, but other than that, the, there's not very good football games anymore this week. Just some absolute yeah. duds. Yeah, but except uh, that Iowa Middle Tennessee State game should be fun to watch. <laughs> I do think that uh, Ohio State might beat Nebraska by 35 or more. Like, I think that's probably a guarantee. That offense of Ohio State looks so good. Well, that and Nebraska stinks. And I I would love for them to beat them by 35 or more. Yeah, that'd be great. That would maybe shut up some people on the Twitter. But actually, no, it probably won't because the 90s have happened. Yeah. But, uh. Um, also, could we talk about how we moved up in the polls more this week when we were uh, not playing than we did any other week? What? I don't understand how that how that works. We beat Iowa State on the road, and we go up one. And when we go up four this week, the AP polls. It's just a testament to how bad Iowa State is. <laughs> it also helped that so many teams ranked ahead of us lost this week. Yeah. Just off the top of my head, Michigan lost, UCF lost. Um, at, there was like five or six teams that were ranked ahead of us that lost this week. So that it was more of a product of people in front of us just playing poorly than anything else. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It. What were you gonna say? Nothing. You go ahead. Well, I actually had the thought escape me. Just give me a second here. Okay. Well, it's pretty much like when we play this. is when we play, it's never that pretty. So they never want to move us up that much. But then I think when we don't play, they're like, oh, Kirk Ferentz is a good coach. I was usually pretty good. Let's bump him up. That's what it seems <laughs> like happened. It, yeah. It, I don't, the AP poll is kind of a huge joke in my eyes. Like, I'd much rather go by the coach's poll or, like, what most people want, not have a poll at all until, like, the first couple of weeks of conference play is over because then you actually get a feeling of what these teams are like. I, I don't know. It just, it's it's kind of pointless and stupid. It's just to get fans fired up and talking about football early into the su- or late in the, into the summer. Yeah. You know? Well, the yeah. AP the AP and the coaches poll don't mean shit anymore anyway, because the only thing that matters is what the college football playoff rankings are when they get put out so the ap and the coaches poll are like basically what you said they they drive fan excitement you know at the beginning of the season and before the season but 
I don't know what week that the college football playoff rankings start coming out. I think it's like week seven. Um, but that's the only thing that matters once those start. Yeah. Really, the only the only poll I put any weight into is the Clemson Carls poll. Currently <laughs> has Iowa number nine. I see. I see a lot of flack for his rankings, but I just want him to know that we stand by his rankings. Clemson Carl, we're gonna we're gonna stand. A, a good friend of mine, smart man. Uh, yeah, no, just good dude. Go follow him on Twitter. He's a pump. He's a big UFC or UCF stand too. If you wanna go follow him, and you're a uh, what are they? The Golden Knights. I think I can't stand yeah. UCF. All right, Austin, you can oh, shut up. Austin. <laughs> oh, Austin. Oh, Austin, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, come on. They claimed a national champion because they went undefeated. Alabama or Clemson would have wiped their asses with. Doesn't Iowa fly a national championship flag at Kinnick? It was, a, it was a, like the 30s. It was claimed. Yeah, it's it like actually out. a thing. Yeah, but is it. I mean, yeah, no. Back in the day, though, pretty much anybody could just claim that they were the national champions. It's no, weird. Oh, like is that 1942. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was in the 50s, but uh, I don't. It, it was like recognized on the NCAA's website, so uh, it's it's not like yeah. Just but a the claim NCAA thing. also recognized UCF as co-national champions two years ago too so that's take that with a grain of salt that's because the current playoff system is flawed and gives teams like that zero percent chance of making it that was the softest move of all time by the nca to be like you know what they complained loud enough we'll give them a national championship they beat some good teams that year so what they need to do is just make it eight make it eight yeah, okay. Joey's right, though. They need to expand the playoff to eight teams. That way you can get all your Power 5 champions in there and then three other teams, so that way a school like UCF can get in. There's no way in the system that we currently have that a UCF or, like, Houston a couple years ago when they were real good. Teams like that have no shot of making the playoff because you, Power 5 teams are always going to fill up those four spots. I mean, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have missed the playoff the last three years, and they're Power Five conferences. So, do you do you remember? Pac-12 stinks. Yes, yes. Where Pac-12 does blow, and I I'll even say the Big Twelve blows outside Oklahoma. I don't think they have many good teams because their they're style best. of play yeah, doesn't they're... correlate. So, uh, yeah. But I you, don't hate that take. The thing about the UCF year, the first year they went undefeated, and they they beat uh. Auburn in their bowl game pretty handily and I who did they they took care of somebody down the stretch there that played in the SEC they played god what was it how did it go because they beat somebody late in the season and then they played in the SEC title I game. think you're thinking of you they they're thinking of two, they beat Tulane right after they beat uh Navy and SMU <laughs> no they beat Auburn I'm pretty sure <laughs> they beat Auburn in the bowl game that year but they beat an SEC exactly. team. Oh, yeah. I think they might have beaten Georgia. No. No, they you're did giving, not. You're giving Scott Frost props. I don't like it. Scott Frost <laughs> at UCF and Scott Frost at Nebraska are two different people in my eyes. I like Scott Frost at UCF. Not at Nebraska, though. So, uh, we can move on now. Joey, what do you got? Um, Actually, Space Cowboy, do you have game recaps? Or something that you would like to share for oh, this weekend? Yeah, I would love to. Do you have any okay. uh, like like upbeat NFL music for me, or just? Do, 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 do. 
<laughs> so I okay, okay. I thought it was all right. Knock it off. Yeah, change my mind. No music. So I would like to do a recap of Iowa State Nebraska from from you know my view in space. We'll start with Iowa State. Iowa State squeaks out a 72 to 20 win against the Bobby Boucherless Louisiana Monroe Mud Dogs, the Division Three Swamp Conference, in large part to Brock Purdy being removed in the second half. It was a lot closer in the first half when he played compared to the second, so I think it really was on him. Uh, the biggest surprise of the day, though, is that I learned Louisiana has enough people who know how to read that they have two, yes, two colleges. <laughs> um, for Nebraska, uh, breaking news, Scott Frost sells his soul to the devil as Nebraska upsets the University of Illinois Champaign. I believe that Illinois Champaign is a part of the Pioneer Conference with Butler and Villanova, um, but it's good to see Nebraska is finally beating those tough D2 schools who mainly focus on basketball. Uh, the player of the game was uh, that black shirt defense who, who was responsible for winning in the 90s, in case you forgot. Uh, they lost the turnover battle 4-1, to one, and they allowed some guy with seven toes to run for 134 yards. <laughs> Thank you for your uh, analysis from space. Yeah, that's just um, how I saw it. Oh, I mean, it's, it, it all seemed fair to me. Yeah. Um, now I would like to go to my uh, Urban Dictionary segment. It, it kind of sucked having the bye week last week. I missed it, but... So it's tough to find much from Middle Tennessee State University, naturally, on Urban Dictionary, but I got a couple things. Um, Middle Tennessee State University, I got my degree in meth production at MTSU. And then it says, Middle Tennessee State University, a mediocre at best four-year university in, bear with me here on the town, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Did I get that right? Sure. And then the other definition for that is many teeth stacked up. Used to describe a redneck or a piece of trash that has crooked, fucked up teeth. <laughs> and then Murfreesboro, also known as the Bor- Borough, I don't know how to pronounce just B-O-R-O, is a town spotted by ghettos and 24-hour fast food. If you happen to go to MTSU, you probably live here. The only good thing about Murfreesboro is that it's not Memphis or some other shithole. <laughs> and then the, for the, the context, it says... How about we leave Murfreesboro? (laughs) (laughs) And then, so, (laughs) then I also just um, looked up notable alumni from Middle Tennessee State. Actually, more people than I figured I would know. Starting off, we got Tay Keith. Uh, He's a a rap uh, producer. He, uh, most famous for Sicko Mode. He, you know, you always know it's a Tay Keith song because it says Tay Keith. And then a bunch of words that I'm not allowed to say in the song, like right before the, the rapping starts. And then uh, Kelly Holcomb, quarterback, who threw one more touchdown than interceptions in his NFL career, mostly with the Browns. Wow. wow. Although he did play for the Vikings. Yes. Uh, Al Gore Sr. attended Middle Tennessee. Country singers Chris Young, Brett Eldridge, and Sam Hunt. Fun fact about Sam Hunt was that he was also a quarterback for Middle Tennessee State, and it was a two-star recruit. And then we also have Eric Walden and Kevin Byard of the NFL. And Kevin Byard had eight picks in 2017. And that's all I have for notable alumni. I would like to add hmm. that 
they're more mostly known for beating Michigan State when Michigan State was a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament about four years ago. Y'all remember that? Yep. That's yeah, that's yeah, about I it. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. never forget. Izzo wet the bed again in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I actually have one more thing here we got to talk about. It just came to me during the podcast. It's an Iowa basketball player getting an OWI, Cordell Pemsel. And now Owie. I was no stranger to having basketball players get OWIs because I believe Peter Jock got one his freshman year. And they are pretty loose on the punishment for that. But uh, I just don't understand. Like, is it fair that he's under a microscope? No, but you sign on to play Division One basketball, like, it's going to happen, you know? And it's Iowa City. Yeah, and he also, he has, like, he, he has robot legs by now from all the surgeries. He could easily just program his walk home. <laughs> well, like, you, li- you live in Iowa City. You could get an Uber. I'm sure you have a friend you could call. Like, you could walk. All viable options instead of even putting it at risk that you're going to get an OWI. Yeah, it just, um, every single time that I've ever seen him, like, at the bars downtown, he's been getting bottle service at Summit. So he could very easily could have afforded, like, a $10 Uber to get back to his house. I just, such a stupid, unnecessary thing that not just a basketball player, but anybody that goes to the University of Iowa should be – don't drive downtown. It's dumb. They have so many cops out. You're going to get caught or you're going to injure somebody. Take an Uber. Get a taxi. Walk. Have somebody pick you up. There's no need to drink and drive. Yeah. I also, any Iowa basketball or football players who listen, feel free to slide into Austin Myers' uh, DMs on Twitter. And he will gladly pay for any Uber you want home from the bar. From here <laughs> Lock it down. Lock it down. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he'll probably miss a few games here. Also, there's kind of some murmurs that I heard that Bohannon, he's not ruled out yet. Which I don't want him. Okay, here's the thing with him. I don't want him to, like, rush to try and get back and then be, like, 75% for the last 12 games of the season. If he's not going to be, like, 100% from the start or close to the start, I'd rather have him take the red shirt, sit out a full year, get healthy, so that way we can have the best of Jordan Bohannon for his last season instead of kind of a shell of what he can be. Yeah, I I think he was 75% all of last year, and look at what he did. (laughs) True. So... Yeah, I don't know. If if he's not healthy by the start of the season, he's not going to play at all this year because they don't want to waste that red shirt. Like, he won't come back for the second half of the season and whatnot, considering it would be his last year. But it's if he is 100%, we'd love to have him. Him, Joe Wieskamp, Garza, Bakari Evelyn, Joe Toussaint, Patrick McCaffrey, Connor McCaffrey. That's a a viable squad. But I just, oh, yeah. I just definitely. About I just like remember sixteen and, 16 and fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that Tyler Cook isn't going to play for us next year, and I got really sad because even though he he struggled for a lot of the year last year, he was so exciting. You didn't, you never knew when he was just going to absolutely snatch a soul on a dunk or something. It was just yeah. like the. Oh. I was a big Tyler Cook critic. I still loved him, but I was critical of him. This past weekend, somebody told me that he sucked. I lost my mind 
I went nuts because saying that he sucked at basketball is a huge lie. Like, how like he, did he perform up to the capabilities that he could like during the NCAA tournament all the time? No, but he was certainly a fifteen point a game player and six boards a game. Like, that's not a bad Division yeah. One player. So that what he did in the second half against Tennessee is what Iowa fans wished he was going to be for his entire time at Iowa. That was Tyler Cook at his peak, and he was just such an absolute force. If you could have done that even for just one full season, oh, it would have been so great. Also, it's his birthday today. Uh, what is it, the 24th today? 23rd? 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. so happy birthday, Tyler Cook. And apparently the Nuggets have seen something in him because he's got a spot in that locker room, maybe developed a jumper, so... Hopefully we can see him play a little bit here and on a pretty good Nugget squad out in Denver. So, uh, guys, you got anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap up this episode? Oh, um, if you're looking to hire a smart, charming, twenty-three-year-old man, um, look no further than right here. I <laughs> fresh out of college, enterprise leadership degree from a great university, University of Iowa. So. Hit me up, joeymyers at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> Would you like to drop your social in there for any prospect? Yep. Okay. Uh, six, nine, six, nine, six, nine, six, nine, six. All right. Thank you. You got that, everybody? Mark it down. Joey Myers, <laughs> six, nine, six, nine, six, nine, six. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, bye week's over. Huge. You're too short there, Joey. No, no I, I did it right. Yeah, Luke no, he was did. too short. Was I? Well, my bad. Yep. Uh, bye week's over. We got another bye week in November this year, but we got huge games coming up before that. Uh, so let's string a couple together here. Take care of Middle Tennessee State. Move on to Michigan and Penn State, and uh, hopefully come out of there with a few more wins. Uh, oh, I do. I, I do have one. Uh, one last thing. Never fails. <laughs> what? <laughs> so this is a directly from our unofficial sponsored Bush Light, a.k.a. God's Water Suck One. Um, this is the uh, Antonio Brown comeback of the week. Uh, I'd like to give it to uh, Theo, a loyal listener. Uh, we're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, stay strong. I know you'll make a good comeback. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Go follow me on Twitter, uh, Myers underscore Luke. The show's Twitter is go underscore Hawks Iowa. Joey's Twitter is JoeMama2196. Stins is Myers Austin and uh, I believe Space Cowboys is Mavhawk. What what is it? F fourteen. Mavhawk F fourteen. So go it's, follow. It's us. what Tom Cruise flew flew in uh, Top Gun. All right, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. And as always, go Hawks.